0: chris
1: good afternoon joe oh hello joe welcome to the beast monkey studio for the beast monkey podcast
0: how are you today i'm pretty good actually it's been a few weeks since we've done one of these in-house it is in-house yeah yeah because we've been doing them remotely yes
1: and it's good to be back
0: it is good to be back
1: how have you been what have you been doing
0: i've been recovering recovering from pushing myself to the limit and a tad over and my body basically saying, Yeah, you sort of need to back off because um you've overdone it. So what,
1: what were you doing that was overdoing it?
0: Uh I was doing stationary trainer every day on the for bike. For about nine days straight. Yeah. How long? Uh, varying. But a lot of power stuff. Yeah. A lot of high intensity. Yeah, yeah. Intervals. So um part of me part of me knew this was coming. Or that I was going to sort of overtrain. And then another part of me was like, well, let's see how far you can go. So, yeah.
1: I think a big part of you knew it was coming and you just wanted to see when it would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, I spent three days last week. I didn't go to work because I was absolutely just destroyed. Yeah. Recovering. Yeah. So, probably if you count the weekends, yeah, three solid days of recovery. On the last Saturday, then I... Decide to do a bit of bit of gym and some jiu-jitsu and then I'm sort of gradually easing my way back into things this week, but I'm feeling really good.
1: Yep. You've bought a portable sauna, I believe.
0: And portable infrared sauna.
1: Infrared, how does that work?
0: So my understanding of it is a uh, traditional steam sauna, um, you know, uses water vapor, hot, hot air, hot mm-hmm. air rises, yep. uneven distribution of heat, infrared, more even distribution of, of heat um, and obviously a dry heat. So some may find that more comfortable given that uh you know, like traditional saunas for some people they find them too stuffy and um Where does the heat
1: come from? How does the infrared work?
0: Like Well w- or what do you know about I don't know wavelengths anything about it. it's and, it's and infrared
1: but where do, like is there a one small spot that sends out these wavelengths or is it built into a mat or how does that work?
0: So it runs an electric current. Yep. And yeah I, I, I don't know the the, the physics behind it yeah. all i know is that there are three panels around me left and right and one behind Oh, panels
1: okay yeah
0: so can't imagine a tent with your head sticking at the top yeah. and i'm just sitting down on a little like picnic chair type thing and um on the highest setting which is 60 degrees yeah it takes about five minutes to warm up so i normally sit in there for about 35 minutes
1: at 60
0: at, at 60 yeah how does that feel feels great feels hot feels pretty hot you do you know sweat a lot sweat so a lot. so yeah. you do um you know detox i guess yeah because you're sweating a lot of crap out at high temperature which is supposed to be very good for you from that perspective i think if yeah. i can sort of summarize all the benefits it's really it's it's a healing tool yeah um healing tool for um you know sweating out toxins um, improving circulation which then improves muscle recovery sure um relaxation um obviously the the mental benefits of that as well like it's it's actually i'm finding it quite nice to you know do a hard workout in the morning and then just sit inside the sauna um and then in addition to the sauna i'm jumping in the freezing cold pool which i reckon has got to be like 10 degrees or below
1: yeah i'd say below I'd say about seven or six almost maybe not but
0: yeah and i just jump in there for you know 30 seconds and uh yeah that really shocks the system closes yeah. the pause down and then i get on with my day it's a good yeah. way to start yeah cool finding that it's helping with the recovery um having said that i've also backed off the bike around the same time i started using it so i think the real test will be once i sort of pick up the load a little bit yep and then see how it feels so you're gonna use the sauna
1: after you exercise
0: yeah straight after yeah straight after
1: and that's going to increase your growth hormone
0: distribution i would believe probably yeah i mean that's part of the benefit as well or yep. claim benefits
1: yeah and how much does one of these portable tent little things set you back?
0: I think it was two forty, and then sixty bucks delivery uh, direct. I think buydirect.com.au. Um, okay. There were eBay options as well, which cost a little bit less, almost the same. I would
1: rather buy from a business than an eBay-based one.
0: <laughs> yeah, the eBay. So yeah, so the the direct buy was an Australian company, so it was yep. you know delivered um, from might have been Victoria. Um, the eBay ones, I mean, you you just never really know. Like, yeah. and if it's a dodgy one, you can't really return. It. I mean, you can, but it's just more more work. So I figured, well, let's go with this one, given this is what people are recommending, and the recommendation came from um, Biohackers Australia, which is a Facebook community site that I've been using. Just Stalk, stalking? you stalking. Mean
1: stalking people on Facebook? Stalking biohackers?
0: So it's it's cool. 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 Just a, another another thing to add to the. Yeah, that sounds really, the, really intriguing. I wouldn't mind getting one of those. To the the strategies, I guess, to sort of optimize, you know, exercise and just general well-being and if you can do things to recover to... Longevity. Longevity. L- lifespan. Yeah. Lifespan, yeah. Cool. So, that's nice. And a couple of other things that are, I guess observations that I've made. So, when I... And it was probably around the same time when we started doing the podcast. I was well and truly into my low carb diet yep. and doing uh, endurance type exercise. So going out for runs and yep. you know, jogs, really not runs, jogs, occasional hill sprint. And my bike work was predominantly just aerobic stuff, low intensity. And I found that my body was was doing really well, no issues at all with craving sugar or anything like that. But then the moment I started doing my anaerobic work, so high intensity interval yep. stuff, like on the train and on the mountain bike, just yep. sort of try and in a build on speed and power i found that my body was a demanding more calories i was more hungry and and i was feeling flat and i was and i was i was um fighting through that without too much difficulty but when i started to bump up the carbs like having some more fruit and stuff like that i i immediately felt better so to me that was an indication of your body's clearly needing the carbs
1: Yeah. Or at least needing more energy and it's the yeah. quickest way to get it.
0: Yeah, and and look that's fine, but this time of year, like in winter, um doing high intensity stuff outside, it's too cold on the bike. It's yeah. just it's painful, there's no point. It's well it's not worth it because it's not fun. And if yeah. it's not fun then why bother? Yeah. And inside he is trying to do it all the time is clear too much. So my challenge now is do enough. But maybe do less, less is more yep. type approach. Yeah. So maybe one indoor trainer session, intense one during the week will be more than enough and then a weekend ride. Yep. And yeah, because and my weight went up as well because I was obviously eating more. Yep. But now my um, weight started to drop back down. Again. It's a bit
1: of a trap when the weather gets colder to eat a few more carbs and then you get a bit more up and down with your energy levels and then you want to have a couple of more coffees when you start getting tired the week. yeah. Mid-week. Yep. And then the more coffee you have, the later you stay up, the less sleep you're getting, the more carbs you eat, blah, 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 blah. You put on five or six kilos over six months and then summer comes around again and you're heavier, slower. Yep. Carrying more water, feeling like shit.
0: What are your thoughts on the biological effects, I guess, of less sunlight? So I, I would suspect that during this time of year your body's probably gonna have a tendency to put on weight, like retain fluids. Um, maybe metabolize things a little bit differently because you know, maybe maybe the less light is, is, is almost telling the body that we're in hibernation mode sort of thing. So I think there's definitely materials like that. You uh, have to
1: make a big effort to go and get more light.
0: Metabolism slows down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In, unless you do anything to combat it, it definitely does. I I'm kinda lucky I like running when it's cold. So, like, I'll go for my runs when it's zero degrees outside and run a quick 6K. How do you warm up? I don't. Well, I, I'll i get ready. I'll do maybe 20, 15 to 20 free squats, have a light stretch, and then I just start running. I don't do any kind of warm up. I start running at my three and a half minute pace straight away.
0: You're insane. i are scared of pulling any muscles? Or? Ever
1: since I started running again almost two years ago, I have done this. And I've never had a single problem with it. Okay. I just do those free squats, do a bit of stretching, and then about three minutes later my legs are full of blood. I start running, that's it.
0: Okay, well that's that is essentially warming up. It is
1: warming yeah. up, but it's still not it's not an extensive like run for one kilometer, stretch, stretch again. Oh no, fuck that. No. A lot of people so do yeah, quite no. extreme warm ups. I'll just do my squats and just go. I don't build up, I don't do anything. So
0: Yeah, no, that's excessive. Um,
1: but I am. I did my first run again. My first, I did, I've done two. I oh no, I did a 6K, which was really slow, about 31 minutes, about two weeks ago. And then I did a 2K the other day, about a week ago, and that was under eight minutes. So I was feeling really good.
0: So you can see you're doing four minute Ks,
1: under, a little bit under about 350s. Yeah, it yeah. felt really good, but I couldn't keep that up for more than two at that point. Last Tuesday, I also went and had a run in a basketball game. A friend asked me to join in, fill in. That was kind of fun. My joints were quite sore afterwards, but my fitness levels were fine, so that was good. But I don't know if I'm going to do that more, depending on if they need players. I don't know if I'd do it regularly.
0: Just got to be careful with the injuries. Yeah, I just don't yeah. want to get hurt. Yeah,
1: no. Yeah. It's a big thing.
0: What sort of... um. Like knee braces and stuff like that. When you're playing basketball, I mean, there's a lot of stopping, starting, turning, a lot of pressure on the knees. Those things, are they effective in in basketball?
1: No, knee braces don't work. No professionals wear knee braces. Um, You used to see guys in amateur levels wear them a bit, but no doctor has ever recommended, no surgeon, no doctor has ever recommended that I wear a knee brace. And I've never seen any that looked like they could do anything
0: to support... What about tape? Tape's pretty old school. No one does tape anymore.
1: No, the problem is that if you support one side, the other side gets more susceptible. Hmm. You really have to have the knees support themselves. Like I'm sure you can do taping for certain types of muscle injuries, but the actual joints, no. They I wear ankle braces just in case I roll my ankles by landing on someone's foot, but that's more from an external force. And yeah. No real knee kind of things. People wear skin things over their knees to keep them warm. But I, I think that's a psychological mm. effect.
0: Too. Yeah, yeah, which is perfectly legit, right?
1: I, I think psychological yeah. effects are fine. But I knowing that it's a psychological effect beforehand, I'm, I don't know. I felt I didn't worry about my knee at all when I was actually doing stuff in the game. And I've had two knee
0: reconstructions and a left knee surgery as well on okay. the other knee. No braces, so it was okay. What about, um? do you wear any compression gear or anything like that when you do your runs?
1: Oh, I wear a compression t-shirt or long, long sleeve or short sleeve shirt for every run I go on unless it's really hot and then I wear a singlet, like a running singlet. But I wear running, sh- really, I barely wear anything when I go out. Even when it's mine, under zero, I'll go out in like a skins sh- um, short sleeve t-shirt and a pair of really short running shorts. Okay. And... Running that, my hands will be cold for the first one or two kilometers. I just keep them clenched until they start to warm up, and then when I open them up, it's kind of like a cooling, yeah a body cooling thing.
0: Yeah, I've I've got a compression top. Yeah, and I don't use it that much because I find it restricts my breathing, and I just find it restricts movement, and I, I just find it a bit uncomfortable.
1: It very much does at first. I found that at first, and then I got used to it. But but
0: compression pants they make. A pretty noticeable difference yeah. so when i do um my gym training and yeah. say i'm doing trx jump squats yep if i don't wear my compression pants i find my recovery is a lot slower i'll be a lot i'll, I'll be sore whereas if i wear my compression pants and they're really tight like i, I made sure i got some really really tight ones yeah they do the job so I just feel that there's um well ultimately recovery is you wear them better. after you walk no I wear them when I train during and after yeah yeah, yeah. for yeah. how so long after no I don't sorry I wear them when I train and then I take them off obviously because I shower and then I go to work um, sometimes I do wear my calf compression um, ones as well I-, I was sort of giving that a go yeah. um, but I haven't been lately and. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should start doing it again to see if there's any sort of benefit. But the, the skin pants, if, if they're tight, yeah. they've got to be really tight. I think that's the key because I've had other ones before that were not quite as tight. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And I also use them for jiu-jitsu as well. Yeah. So, um, just find that just, you know, keeping everything in its place. Just I think maybe it's psychological, like you said. Yeah. You know, it helps prevent injuries. and.
1: It certainly keeps you warm when it's cold. Like I can't wear, I couldn't run in a t-shirt and shorts in that weather, but I probably could, but wearing one of those things is like space age. It feels so much warmer. Really? Oh, I can go out for a normal dog walk in just my long sleeve, one of those with a beanie gloves and a pair of shorts when it's minus two and I'm fine. Okay. Just a single layer. It's like space age. It's crazy.
0: I used to, if I went running, I wanted to be sort of light wearing... Light gear and stuff like that, but yeah, with this kind of weather, I actually don't mind rugging up and just running with that extra weight. Of you know, do you wear gloves
1: when you run? Yeah, I do. Wooly gloves, oh, it's freezing that. out here,
0: <laughs> but but I'm, I'm going out runs like at 5 30 in the morning, yeah, right? yeah, so it's it's pretty cool.
1: Oh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I can't do it. My hands get really sweaty and I have to take them off almost straight I, away.
0: I don't sweat from my hands, my hands freeze. I've got really bad circulation circulation to my hands yeah. um and my feet but mostly my hands that's what hurts the most and, and that's why i don't go riding otherwise i would yeah. for sure every every other part of my body's fine but the um bad circulation to the hands is it's excruciating like it's it's really really painful that's yeah. why it's uh, yeah i think the
1: reason for that with me is probably just all the basketball drills i've done over the years the ball handling and all that obviously kept the blood in my hands a lot yeah must have changed it because yep, that possibly. work that happens a lot too, people will be freezing. I'll be like, I can't feel it at all.
0: So. Yeah, the other thing is with, with cycling, I don't think the riding position and gripping onto handlebars is conducive to no. circulation to the hands, right? I wouldn't so, think so either. So, yeah, that's that's another reason. And when I go running, it's it's not too bad. No. Wearing gloves is fine.
1: I guess... It depends how fast you're running too. If you went out really hard, you might have to take them off halfway through. Yeah, I'm
0: not. I'm not running. I'm jogging. Yeah, yeah. I go up for jogs.
1: Yeah. I think yeah.
0: It's good. It's good. I I enjoy it.
1: What's your training program over the next week?
0: Next, okay. So over the next week, I'll be doing a fair bit of jujitsu. Yeah. Because I'm enjoying that, so that'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'll if I'm lucky, I'll throw in a Saturday session. So. Up to four, but at least three sessions this week. Yep. Hopefully, no injuries this yep. time. Um, Let's
1: just have that as an assumed before all training. No injuries, because <laughs> I want to say that too, but I'll just say it
0: for everything. So go, yeah. Yeah, that would be nice actually. Yeah, I haven't had a good run the last. I can't complain, um, given your uh, personal experience. <laughs> with yeah, injuries. I've had a couple of problems. <laughs> but um, so tomorrow morning I'll do gym. Yep. Jiu jitsu in the evening. Tuesday, I'll do a jog. Yep. Do some yoga in the evening. Wednesday, I'll do gym again. Yep. Jiu jitsu in the evening. Thursday, I'll probably sit on the stationary bike. Yep. And do a hard session. Yeah. uh Then chill out Thursday night, maybe just take the dogs out for a walk. Friday morning, um, probably a jog. Yep. And then jiu jitsu in the evening. And then Saturday or Sunday, definitely do a nice hard ride. Sounds good. So, try and do a little bit of something. I'm I'm just cutting back on the intensity. That That's what killed me. I think I just I overdid the intensity and then I broke down. Yeah. Um, so, what I was doing was fine. Load was okay. Um, my sleep's been pretty good. Eating's been pretty good. I think the sauna's really helping. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, on the sauna, I'm doing those in the morning. So, when I train in the morning and then I, when I'm done, I, I hit the sauna. Yeah. So, I think that's a good strategy and it's fun. I like yeah. running, martial arts bike whether outdoor indoor you know weight training taking the dogs out you yeah heading out with Hongan. it just keeps it fun and interesting and not not overdoing it at work works you know going good under control it's good to hear so yeah i can't yeah. complain cool
1: my next week for training starting today when i get home the plan is if nothing changes to go for a 6k just at a medium pace probably aiming for a 27 and a half probably I'll eventually want to get back down to my twenty-two minute runs because so I still the goal is still to break twenty-one and run a three thirty average. But
0: how many of those are you doing a week?
1: Two on average. Three if I'm feeling really good. I have I'm just building back up again now though, so I'll probably try and do two this week. I'll see how I feel. So do one tonight and then do probably arms and shoulders when I get back. weights. Uh, weights, yeah, yeah. Just uh biceps, triceps, shoulder work. Uh Tomorrow, I'll do probably half an hour on the exercise bike, maybe an hour, depending how I'm feeling, depending on the timing. Uh, and then legs, chest and back. And then either a day off, depending how my knee's going, or if I'm feeling really good, I'll do the 6K again on Tuesday with arms and shoulders again. And I just try and run that back to back throughout the week and take days off when I'm feeling in basically
0: joint pain. Have you considered hill runs?
1: Ah, uh, there's... Or if... You should come for my six K run sometime. It's just all hills. It's up and down. Whereabouts? It's um I start at my house and pretty much run to Flory Drive. Pretty much run to Kipax, turn left down Flory Drive, and then come back and it's just up and down the whole way. Yeah, there's okay. barely yeah, any there's some good Good heels. Yeah. 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 It's the first the first maybe three hundred meters is there is a slope downhill and then it's uphill for about a kilometre. Then it's a bit more downhill the whole fifth kilometer or the yeah. The second last kilometer is just an absolute yep. <laughs> shocker. I can run three thirties the whole way three forties the whole way and then I'll run like a four fifteen for the fifth kilometer because of how uphill it is. It's just up and down.
0: I've thought about um uh I might throw in every now and then a early morning hill run, like proper hill run. How far like steep, like I'm thinking Black Mountain just oh, before wow. work. Yeah, yeah. So Get up a little bit earlier, head out there, do a run, and then just go to work and have a shower there. Be careful um, with
1: your knees the first time you do it. Really careful, because hill runs are very hard on your patella tendons. Mm. So maybe you do a half or one the first time and then walk the second half, just to build up. A lot of people do a hill start doing hill runs and they they hurt their, they get like tendonitis in their patella tendons. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how I
0: hurt my patella tendon before the first time we got tendonitis well that's the thing right not ever uh, not doing it which, yes you yeah. know, if you're getting a good kick out of it it's a pretty easy thing to do
1: definitely and that's why I sort of do this thing where I'll take a whole day whenever I'm not feeling amazing mm-hmm. whenever I don't feel 100% I'm like cool slow it down it's a good idea but if I'm feeling great I'll do three 6k runs three hours on the bike wait six days in a week and that's a good week and I just do a few more hot baths cold baths all that stuff what are you weighing? Uh, last time I weighed myself, I was, I think, 90, 93 with shoes on. So, probably
0: 91 and a half, 92. Okay.
1: But I want to be down to about 86, 87 at this point.
0: And are you progressively losing weight right now or? I
1: haven't been weighing myself consistently. Okay. I was weighing 87 when I had my gastroscopy two weeks ago. But that was Ow. being fasted and no water for about... 10 12 hours or whatever so
0: fight fight weight <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously wait, like weight cutting for your fight was
1: about um yeah i'd say it was um about six kilos difference doing that kind of weight cut you can see how they do it for the ufc like okay. they obviously take these stuff and flush themselves out and cut their weight and then they fill up afterwards
0: not only that, but I mean, you think about all the training and then the recovery that comes after hard training when they peak, right? And then yeah. you have to do a weight cut. It's insane.
1: Well, you can... I mean, I was doing no training and I lost at least five kilos, which is 12 pounds, just by fasting and not not drinking a bit of water for a few hours. Yeah. If you were also jumping on the exercise bike for an hour at a slow pace just to sweat it up and then having a sauna, you could easily lose 15 pounds in the last day.
0: Yeah, but... uh. No, what I find just just like crazy is the if, if you know if you're you're coming up to competition, okay, yeah. Yeah. the the tail end of your training will be usually peaking, right? So, you know, you're going to be building up, and it's going to be pretty high intensity, and then you, and then you're just going to rest like the week before yeah. the fight or something like that, but. At that point, your body's still in recovery mode. So then, when you throw the weight cut in there, and you're dehydrating and depriving yourself of calories in the process, like that, that's really taxing for like your immune system, and which is why so many fighters get sick and stuff like that. It's crazy.
1: I find the whole thing so crazy. Yeah, it's there's probably some advantage in the whole like if you're in the wild and you haven't eaten enough, you might be a bit more psycho (laughs) psychologically, but hopefully you wouldn't need that. Yeah, I think you're only better off doing a very mild weight weight cut at best. But yeah, it's, it's lucky you don't have to do that for basketball or soccer.
0: <laughs> it's it's just weird. Yeah. it's weird the whole the way that it works. I mean, there's perfectly sound logic behind it, but in practical terms, people exploit it. Well, that's the
1: problem. People just find loopholes. People who can just get down to the weight are the ones who often have the biggest advantage, or is people who sit clearly under the weight get smashed or go down into a lower division <laughs> and smash themselves
0: even more well it's like that chick last week what's her name again Dern Mackenzie Dern against Amanda uh, forget her surname I didn't see that one I don't think Well, oh yeah
1: where well, she was 7 pounds over and yeah. didn't care and beat the shit out of her
0: yeah took the uh, took the pay cut 30% cut to her purse and yet yeah destroyed this other chick and she just wanted to win yeah it's a bit ridiculous yeah, seven pounds though. I mean, I watch the classic UFC mm-hmm. and there's guys that are like 40 kilos heavier. And that's definitely an advantage. Oh, of course. Do, do yeah. you think that the seven pound advantage that people were talking about in this case is overstated?
1: No, I think it's huge. You think it's big? I think it's big. I think um, weight gets increased by momentum. And so... Like force and weight get increased by angles and pressure and all those things like that. So the seven pounds, if you use it properly, could very quickly turn into an extra 20 pounds behind a punch. Mm
0: -hmm. That
1: kind of thing. But I don't know enough about it.
0: Well, all the experienced people say that it was a huge advantage. Yeah. I just find that interesting.
1: You saw Deadpool 2. Spoiler alert for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen Deadpool 2 yet. What did you think?
0: It's pretty good. Not as good as the first one. Yep. Mostly because when I saw the first one, it was very fresh. A, bit of a surprise. Yeah, and the second one is. I mean, uh, I think they tried to rehash some of the. The comedy from the first one. Um, yeah. So it seemed a bit forced at times, um, yeah. but it was good. It was still pretty good. But if I had to pick one or the other, definitely number one.
1: Yeah. Who who were who's in it besides Ryan Reynolds? T. J. Miller is he his best friend in that?
0: He's in it. He's pretty funny. The uh Indian taxi cab driver. I don't know who that is. Um what's his face? Colossus? You know Colossus, oh, the no. Russian X Men. No. X man Is in the first one. You don't know Colossus? No. The the Russian dude that who plays turns him? to steal. I don't know, that he never actually turns human because in the in, oh, okay. in the comic books and in the cartoons he would he would turn human and then he would turn into Colossus. Yeah, no, I don't know. But in the movie he's like he's in, you know, freak mode the whole time. Okay. Is Josh Brolin in it? He is. And I don't know if you were are you familiar with the character Cable? Yeah, I know the name, I it's don't know the character. Cable wasn't a mutant, he was a human and kind of like a cyborg.
1: But he just had a really big penis?
0: <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs>
1: That's what the cable refers to. No, the video gun.
0: He's um, I think it was in I can't remember which X Men it was, which of the movies, but they introduced the cable character, and I always liked Cable in the uh, in the comic book. Yeah, um, he's pretty cool. He's got like this badass gun. Yeah. The gun, if I remember correctly, is he a
1: good guy or a bad guy?
0: Well, he goes back in time to kill the the X Men because he thought the X Men were responsible for. a a disastrous future in his future and his timeline because he can time travel.
1: Oh, like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, go on.
0: And um, his gun, I'm pretty sure his gun was the only thing that could hurt Apocalypse. I think Apocalypse and the Phoenix, Cable's gun and the Phoenix, I think.
1: One more thing can hurt
0: Apocalypse. Cyclops. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So anyways, um, Josh Brolin as Cable was just how I would picture Cable to be in real life. Like they did such a good job with him. Um, And I was like, I wish they'd sort of gotten this guy to do him in in the original X-Men in the movies that they did.
1: I was very, very disappointed with the X-Men movies. Can I say that? Everyone, a lot of people said they loved it. I think I was disappointed by the renditions of every single character.
0: I'm I'm with X Men like a lot of people, like 99 percent of people who say they like Star Wars, um, are with Star Wars. It's like S- Star Wars are trash, and they just can't can't admit to not liking them and admitting the that new they're ones. bad movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and X Men, I'm a bit like that. Yes, they're not that good, but I just like them. I have a soft spot for the X Men, oh, okay. and I'll yeah. always go watch them and enjoy them. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just I just feel too much of the casting, like they already had that that cartoon that they made. Do you remember the cartoon in the 90s? The yep. music was perfect. The character voices were perfect. Everything about them was perfect. It was dark, it was it, hardcore. It was
0: dark as shit. It was
1: It was such a well-made yep. cartoon. All they had to do was try and recreate that magic Gambit. on the big screen.
0: Why didn't they do Gambit?
1: Any of the any of the characters, none of the like they cast hugh jackman who would have been a perfect cyclops
0: no uh, come on he has wolverine. wolverine he
1: is a he is, fo- he is one foot too tall wolverine is five foot two he is six foot three
0: he's the perfect
1: how do, how do you justify that height difference he's meant to be a super stocky like built like who's that um that cuban fighter who's fighting Whitaker? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yoel romero he's meant
1: to be built like a five foot three or five foot four Yoel romero true, instead true. he's this lanky skinny dude True. With glued on, and they always look glued on, sideburns. When he walks around in his regular everyday life, he looks how... how, how? What's Cyclops' real name?
0: Actually, well, he's Canadian, right? Who? So Wolverine is supposed to be a Canadian. I'm just thinking, GSP would have made a good Wolverine except for his accent. <laughs> he, yeah,
1: except the accent and that, he, and that he can't... He's not really an actor. But there are so many actors. They could have got so many actors, unknown guys who are just these stocky, strong-looking... Crazy dudes. And then, I don't know.
0: Professor X was perfect. Patrick Stewart.
1: He was good. I thought he was 20 years too old, but he was good.
0: Jubilee. Um, they should have gotten a proper Jubilee. I no. don't know why they... Were Jubilee probably. was ridiculous. She was, she was Asian. She was Chinese American. Yeah. Storm yeah. was ridiculous. Storm was terrible.
1: Ridiculous. Cyclops was ridiculous. They didn't even use any of his powers. He's meant to be the leader of the X-Men. He was barely in the films. Jean Grey was 20 years too old. She was just like 20 years older than Cyclops. I was mm. like, oh... She was the right age when she was in Goldeneye But when you make a film 10 years later She was 38 in Goldeneye Playing like this femme fatale type thing She was like 45 in the first X-Men By the last one she looked like Cyclops' mother
0: Okay, let's recast it Magneto I reckon Rutger Hauer Would have made a good Magneto
1: Yeah Maybe too old but Like that's the nah, thing Not now like, Oh yeah, know, back yeah. in the day like, If you yeah. could choose them at any age Yeah,
0: at any age Let's yeah. go through it. Okay. So would, you, would you read the Professor X?
1: Yes. I'd get someone younger. Like who? I just feel like X was maybe 50 and Patrick Stewart was 70.
0: Yeah, sure. Accepted. But who would you pick?
1: Oh, I'd get Patrick Stewart when he was 50. Okay. Patrick Stewart when he was Patrick 60, Stewart okay. in like just before he did Star Trek. That's fine. And I would have had it. Remember how he had that flying wheelchair that he controlled with his mind in the comic books and the cartoon? Yeah. And then in the movie, they were like, that's too expensive. Just put him in a normal wheelchair. I was like, okay, why would you do that? And Grace. they're like, oh, money. Okay, cool. Don't do that. Don't do any decisions based on money. That shits me.
0: Grace Jones as a Storm.
1: <laughs> someone psycho because she was a fucking psycho. And Halle Berry can't act for shit. Grace so, Jones is a psycho. Yeah, exactly. You need someone who you're scared of, who when she gets upset, the clouds come straight away. Whereas Halle Berry, you're like, I don't even believe that you could make a cup of tea, let alone a fucking storm. You know, what is going on? Like, they're like, who's the only black actress we've got on contract? Is what they thought. Beast. That's what they thought. What about Beast? Well, Beast was not in the movies, basically, and it doesn't matter because that's all. That's incredible Hulk-style special effects. You can get anyone to play him because you just need someone. I would have gotten probably um, a voiceover from Hugo Weaving. Would have been great, like an intellectual but deep voice. You yep. know how he's meant to wear the glasses, but be a fucking incredible Hulk. Yep. He basically wasn't in the movies. <sighs> That's
0: Christopher Lambert as Gambit.
1: Yeah, you need someone with a with a oh yeah, some kind of crazy accent. There's a lot of people could have played. Yeah,
0: a lot of or, or the villain in Bad Boys. Oh French yeah, Tcheky Cardio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. The, the guy out of La Femme Nikita, he's great. Yeah, Bob. How great how great is La Femme Nikita? It's pretty good. I watched that again recently and I'm like, fucking hell, this is a great film. It feels like, I don't know. Le Femme Nikita magic. is Luc Besson, isn't it? Yeah, Luc Besson. Yeah. It was the one that really made him an international legend. Before that, he was only really big in, in France. People knew about him if you were a film buff. But after, after Nikita, hmm. everyone in Hollywood went, oh, fuck. Look at this movie.
0: He's done a lot of crap too, but I mean, his good stuff is so good, and he's and he's just done other stuff. I don't know, maybe to get paid or something. Well, if
1: you look at the guy in real life, all of that makes sense because he looks like he has a lot of appetites, both table table appetites and bedroom appetites.
0: Right. He's had a few divorces as well, so he's yeah, he's a married a, a few places.
1: women who look like they're twelve years old as well.
0: Mm. Well, so, he married um. Uh, after he did Fifth Element with uh, Djabovic. Yeah,
1: yeah, he just basically marries a bunch of women who have look like they have 14-year-old boys' bodies. It's quite weird. <laughs> like in the Transporter films, which I love. The, oh, the women first. he casts in that look ridiculous.
0: The first is so good.
1: It's good. The second one's great too. I haven't seen the third. What's the second one? The second one's the one in Miami. It's so great. Remember he flips oh. the car around and he's got the hook under the car. Like He uses... There's a bomb under the car and he flips the car around and the bomb gets grabbed by the hook.
0: Yeah, it's pretty outrageous. It's yeah. outrageous,
1: but it's great. Where he's looking after that little kid.
0: Look, I, I must admit I didn't like it as, as much. It's not as good. Because th- it's was it still way be. too over the top. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. there was an element of Believability. Like kind of believable driving, yeah, yeah, like yeah. real driving in, in the first one. Which the I first thought was one
1: cool. was designed for the character Clive Owen plays in the BMW short films, but they couldn't afford him, or he, there was a mistiming thing with King Arthur or something like that, and so they went and got Dave, um, Jason Statham.
0: He was good, though.
1: He was great. I love it. To me, the first Transporter film is the best James Bond film in the last 20 years. Hands down. Oh, I love that film. On, I don't on. rate any Daniel Craig 007 oh, films one bit. I can't man. watch that dude act at all. Man. That's just, I know you like him, I just don't. I don't think it's because he's a bad actor. I just think I can't watch him for whatever reason.
0: Ugh.
1: That's just me. That's just me though.
0: Casino Royale. I, know, I, I want to like Brilliant. them.
1: I put them on and I can't enjoy them. I don't know why. It's just a thing. It's like sometimes there's films you you hate that I love and there's no explanation. It's
0: just... Alien 3. It's no, Alien not 4. Alien 3, Alien 4. <laughs> yeah, Alien 4. It's the
1: same thing. And I'm sure there's a lot of little things in the background that are influencing that i'm sure me wanting clive Owen to be the james bond affects my appreciation of daniel craig in the same way that you were expecting something different from alien four and you didn't get it and that affects that i don't think wherever we're not in a bubble we're not in these self-contained little worlds that we don't get affected by outside things i'm happy to say i'm very affected by all the little things in my life but at the same time sometimes i can't overcome those things and they make it so i can or can't like things some things i love that i shouldn't can't explain it mm. i probably could if i wrote my whole life down but that would take a long time
0: we well, were talking about luke Besson. Yeah. did you ever watch taxi
1: i have is it called taxi taxi subway
0: no no not subway taxi taxi the one with the pizza man i've there, got there, a box
1: set i bought a block box set from madman of all of his blu-rays so and i started watching the first one with jean reno
0: no, no, no. It's, it's another guy. But, but anyway, so Taxi is the, the, the cab driver who's got like, you know, he hits a couple of buttons and he turns his, his taxi into a supercar and he, you know, drives passengers.
1: When's from,
0: that from? Uh, the 90s sometime. It's a really cool, really cool action. It sounds cool. It's I funny. Uh, great soundtracks. It was like Gangstar was in the soundtrack. Um, it was great. Yeah. That's um, same with, um, what's the name of that, that French rapper that did uh, stuff with Guru and Jasmataz? MC Solar. Solar, oh, fucking hell, how could I forget Solar? Yeah, there's heaps of Solar stuff on it. But you know how
1: you forget it? Because there's a non-stop stream. It's not because you're getting old. There's a non-stop stream of information that you have to retain in your brain and you're meant to never forget any of it and you have to keep remembering new stuff, new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. There's more media on the planet than there ever has been and every single day there's more and more and more and more and more. (sighs) Did Luke Besson direct it or write it?
0: Not sure, but... You have to watch the movie but I found something really funny um, out in Queanbeyan near where I live uh, a couple of weeks ago. There's a scene it might be in the first taxi with some pizza dudes in um, in some scooters doing some crazy stuff.
1: Let me just say right now he's never made a film called Taxi in the 90s See or So who the, the fuck made Taxi?
0: Who's 90s, in it? Who's 90s. Who's in it? No one famous. Stallone makes a cameo appearance. I don't think there's any other famous actors. Taxi,
1: 1998.
0: No. They're all French dudes, yeah.
1: Written by Luc Besson, directed by Girard Perry. There you go, okay. Starring Sammy Natsiri and Frédéric Diffinchao and Marianne Cotillard, one of my favorites. Oh, really? Is she in of it? Of course she is in it. She is in every single French I can't film. remember. That
0: was obviously before she was mad famous. Um,
1: Outside of France. Outside oui. of France, oui. oui. yeah. Yes
0: so yeah so there's a Domino's out here in Quimbian and it gets really really busy like at night times because obviously it's very popular here sure but there's like this army of pizza delivery boys in scooters like there's heaps <laughs> of them <laughs> and they all zoom out and they've obviously been doing this for a while because they're all like crazy like they're drifting around corners and stuff like that racing each other it's, it was the funniest thing to watch I was I was yeah. cracking up because it was basically it just reminded me of seeing a scene of it reminded me of a scene from uh, from the movie. Yeah. But yeah, one of these evenings when I'm out there, maybe on Thursday night, I might stop there and maybe pull my phone out and record them. It's pretty funny.
1: Take your DSLR down there and film it. In, um, I've turned the sound off. Talk me through what you think of this trailer. Hold that, hold that, and look at this trailer. It's that film I mentioned, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. The two leads I found a little bit annoying. But yeah, I've
0: seen two thirds of it.
1: When did you watch that I've,
0: well i started watching it about two weeks ago on right. netflix no nah. where is it available no nah, it, it came up in my list of like top sci-fi movies for what was it tw- 2016 i think it was Or might might have even been last year so yeah so i acquired it and um hong and i started watching it and, and had no expectations and then we were two-thirds into it and we're like actually this is not a bad movie but it's time to go to sleep <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can I just say, there is no better way than saying you didn't love a film. Like, you liked it but didn't love it, then this is really cool. It, it's time for bed. Because yeah. you know when you really love a film?
0: It, it keeps you awake. You stay up. Like, drive.
1: No spoilers, because I will. that is on my list and I want to find more out about
0: Nicholas Winding. If only every movie was like that.
1: So, I didn't realise there's now Taxi 5.
0: Yeah, once it went Hollywood. Still
1: written... By Luc Besson. He wrote the screenplay
0: Is it for a it. French production though? Is it an American Hollywood one? If it's a Hollywood one, it's crap. Because you gotta, you got It's still watch a French one. It's yeah. still French. Okay, it's all cool. French actors. Yeah, they did one with like Queen Latifah and stuff. It was trash. No, that was
1: a remake. That wasn't the yeah, same it thing. Was, that, it, was, it wasn't even a remake. It was just another film called Taxi. Garbage. I don't even think that was connected.
0: No, Luc Besson did it. Really? Yeah.
1: It wasn't Taxi 2 though.
0: No. No, it wasn't even connected to the original French ones. I think.
1: Did you watch Lucy, the main film he made with um, the wor- one of the worst actresses in the world, Scarlett Johansson?
0: Uh, yes, I did. And I didn't really like it. Another one that I, I I forced myself to go to sleep because I was on a plane. That was when I went to, um I think it was 2016 when Hong and I went to San Francisco. Yes. That was on the Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not that good.
1: So the taxi films, there has been a bunch of... American versions of them but the actual ones that are all, name- all named um, Taxi 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 it looks like they're all still French starring all French people directed by French people the Queen Latifah one was just a remake based on his screenplay he wasn't actually involved in it right so that was just where they paid his production company a bunch of money to use the story because they knew that he had lawyers that if they yep. did a re- an unofficial remake he'd be in trouble it's this same guy from the first one. Uh, me whatever his name is. me yeah. in the series is in... Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He's yeah. I don't know who he is, but he's in all of them.
0: Yeah, so he's the main character. So yeah, top movie. Cool. I'm going to have to check those out. Um, as I said, Drive, got to watch that. So apparently Drive had a $15 million budget. Yeah. And it's an indie film. And I'm just going to make the assumption here that like actors that actually care about the art must reduce their fees when it comes to doing Indie films because Ryan Gosling, Brian Cranston, Oscar Isaac, um, and what with a fifteen million dollar budget. Really? Well, let's
1: just point out right now, at that point when Ryan Gosling made that film, he wasn't when he when he actually acted on it, that was before the notebook when they actually did the acting for that. He wasn't a superstar.
0: Right. Are you um, sure? Because I thought... Definitely
1: nobody. wasn't. Oscar Isaac was a nobody. This movie drives old.
0: 2011?
1: Yeah, exactly. Oscar Isaac. We didn't know who he was then.
0: Yeah, I didn't know who was he was. That was before Sucker Punch came out. Yeah.
1: And um, what's his name? Breaking Bad hadn't even become a cold hit in 2000. When they filmed... Because they filmed a 2011 you release. might be right. Yep. 2011 yep. release. That film's being shot in 2009. Yep. It did have a big cast and they probably did reduce their fees. Ron Pillman. Again though, he's not, he's not, yeah, he's not one of these guys charging 20 million for a film. Do you know what I mean?
0: It made it almost eighty million dollars.
1: Yeah, I believe that. It was huge. It was huge.
0: I think in in what is it? Eg Egbert, Ebert. What's that film review website? Roger Ebert. Ebert. No, it wasn't Ebert. There's another 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 website. Anyways, one of these popular ones. See, I it's just yeah. on the wiki page. I read it. I think it was a couple of days ago, and they said that yeah, it was like the, they rated it as the top film of twenty six or twenty eleven. Sorry. Yeah, really good movie. And one of these movies that I came across by accident.
1: Yeah. It's funny that it got recommended to you on the same day it got recommended to me.
0: But it got recommended to me on YouTube. Sure, but we still both had it recommended to us. Not on Netflix.
1: No, but what I'm saying is they were recommending it to a lot of people. There was money paid to push that film at some point because of some reason. Stuff doesn't accidentally happen like that. I've never had that film recommended to me in the last seven years since it was made and all of a sudden it was recommended the same day that it was recommended to you. What's your theory? My theory is that he's got a new film coming out and six months out from that they start pushing his old stuff. Watch, there will be an announcement in the next three months about him getting a big, like a Blade Runner or Star Wars or Alien or
0: something. He's already doing something that comes out later this year.
1: He did one in two thousand and sixteen called the Neon Demon, which I haven't seen. His upcoming projects are Button Man,
0: The Killing Game. Didn't he make um, Only God Forgives? Yes, he did. Yeah, that's look. I liked it. It flopped, but I just like his style. Pretty non-conventional.
1: Yeah, I need to. I need to check out his stuff. I haven't.
0: And and I like the Ryan Gosling movies where he doesn't say much. Those those are the best movies.
1: That's I think all the all the big directors don't give him a lot of complex dialogue.
0: Well, I started watching Gangster Squad with Thomas Brolin and Sean Penn, and he's in it and he talks a lot. Ryan Gosling, I'm like, yeah, I I like you better when you don't say much. Yeah, and and that's not too
1: too dialogue heavy.
0: Yeah, it's just he's really good at it. Like you know, as as a as a Blade Runner, right? Awesome. Doesn't say that much. He did. He did. He didn't ruin
1: Blade Runner for me. I would have. I would have preferred someone I've loved in that role, but it's okay.
0: Um, that other movie that we were watching here that we didn't finish watching, um, what lies between the pines?
1: Oh, yeah, Bradley Cooper
0: and Eva Mendes and Ryan Ryan Gosling. That's a that's a top movie. I need to see
1: the rest of that. I still haven't.
0: It's a good movie. And uh, and then Drive, yeah, Drive just blew me away.
1: Tell you what, let's do a deal. Before the next podcast, I'll give you a film to watch. You give me a film to watch. What are you going to give me? It doesn't know. That's that's not the deal. The deal is we have to agree before we say it, and we have to watch it and review it before the next podcast.
0: Okay. Well, you've got you've you've got access to Netflix now, yeah? Yeah, yeah I've got, got Netflix again. Yep.
1: So, what are you going to give me? Drive. Is it Drive? Yeah. Okay. Your film is The Handmaiden. It's made by the guy who made um, Old Boy. It's the latest film by the Korean director who made Old Boy. It's unreal.
0: And that's on Netflix? The Handmaid
1: It's on Netflix. Okay. They've just put it up. It's... um Action? 2016. There is some action in it, but it's just fucking... When you watch it, you'll be like, oh shit, I know. Like it starts a bit slow and you're like... And then okay. I was... I saw it. I saw in the theaters when I went... I was going to the... Th- I saw 150 films in the theaters in 2016. Done. That was the number one film I saw.
0: So f- Friday Friday Nights uh Friday Night Films with Hong Kong and I at home. So I'll watch it Yeah, this coming cool. Friday. Cool.
1: And I'll watch Drive. I'll watch okay. Drive. Cool, I like that because then that gives us before the next podcast, we have to... It's like a job for the podcast.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Speaking cool. of
1: X-Men, I picked up... Um, I listened to a podcast called Super Context where they review things. I found out about it when Raf sent me a link to do with uh, the Blade Runner film. They did a two-hour review, not about the film, but about how it got made, which was pretty interesting. I've been listening to a lot of their stuff. They recommended uh, X-Men Grand Design, which is a comic book made by one guy who does all the drawing, all of the writing, everything. He went through all of the original X-Men comics and he's condensed all of the major storylines into these single books. So redone them from scratch, getting rid of all the trash. You know, old comics have so much garbage. As comic books? As comic books.
0: Okay.
1: Drawn them old school. And I picked up, there was only like $13 because they're these issues that are about 80 pages long. There's one and there's two issues out so far. because it's one guy doing them, they're coming out once every six months, I think. Because he does it all by himself. He goes through and reads like 50 comics and then condenses out all the major key historical things and okay. puts them into one thing. It's amazing. But I've picked those up. I'm going to read those. So I'll try and talk about those coming up. They, I think they will be the basis for a reboot. Of, of X-Men films coming up in the next few
0: years. So he's like the he's like the cliff notes of comic books.
1: Very much so, yeah. Very much so. I've actually been buying and looking at a few more comic books recently, actually, as well. I bought my dad a James Bond one. They went through the very first James Bond novel and turned it into a, a period piece comic book, like set when it was written. And I reckon they're going to reboot Bond in that way too soon. Because it's a perfect storyboard to do yeah. Bond as... Because some of those old books, you can't do them now because they're too sexist, too racist, too crazy. But if you set them in 1932, you can. Because that's what life was like back then.
0: Yeah, I wonder what what direction they're going to take it in.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they started setting them historically. Hmm. They could have two going. They could have like a, a retro bond and a new bond. But the retro one, I think, could be these great films. Because people love a good, well-done well period piece and it'd let you cast the classic-looking Bond and then you could do a new one starring Idris Elba or someone like that who was this new kind... Well, he's a bit old now, but someone like that.
0: The guy who directed Spectre... What's his name? He's a Spanish director, isn't he? Is it the same guy that did Revenant?
1: I don't think it's the guy who did Revenant. But it's someone like him. The guy who did Revenant, isn't he the guy who did Gravity? I don't know. Directed by Sam Mendes. Spectre.
0: Yeah, didn't Sam Mendes do Revenant?
1: No. he's uh Sam Mendes did American Beauty, Road to Perdition, Jarhead, Revolutionary Road, Away We Go, Skyfall and Spectre.
0: Okay. Well, most of those are pretty good. He's a half decent director.
1: Whereas the Revenant is that South American dude called... Iñárritu, Alejandro G. Iñárritu. Right. Yep. And he has done 15 films. He's he did Birdman.
0: Yeah, you know, the Michael weird. Michael Keaton one. I'll turn that off after 30 minutes. Really? Mm.
1: I didn't love it. I thought it was a bit pretentious, but I thought if it had better casting, it would have been more watchable. He did that one, Beautiful, with um, Javier Bardem, that you see everywhere, but no one ever watches. He did Babel. 21 grams, powder keg. He's
0: done lots of good shit. He's pretty famous. There's a scene in No Country for Old Men when yeah. he walks into the service station. Yep. And the guy asks him, like think he's, you know, just being nice and asking him questions about, you know, how he was going and stuff. And then Javier him just in his very cold and... You know, sort of really scary, uh, uh, you know, th- this dialogue, you know, this uh, this other guy's like shitting himself. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm closing the shop now. I was like, why are you closing? Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Happy about
1: him is so great because um, I'd never seen him in a role like that at all. And he did it, not just okay. It wasn't like, yeah, he was pretty good as that. If I'd only seen that, I couldn't imagine him doing anything else. Whereas the first film I saw him in was the uh, Julian Schnabel's Before Nightfalls. Where he plays a gay writer in Cuba. Whatever his name is. I can't remember the guy's name now. Really famous. It's like a biopic. It's amazing film. It's such a. Have you seen that before Night Falls, right? No. I should you I, I know. I know. You I know, know the film talking talking about that, yeah, yeah. But I haven't seen it. Great no. film. Great film. Great film. But it's. Um, Same with Oscar Isaac. Yeah, but I'd love to see those two. I'd like to see In something.
0: I'd like to see Javier Men.
1: Eva Mendes get burned by Javier Bardem.
0: Uh, Javier Bardem um, in a movie, but played by Oscar Isaac.
1: <laughs> Actually, Oscar Isaac's played Javier Bardem in the last six films he was in. You just couldn't tell. <laughs> He's just that good an actor. I'll tell you what film... I know. I already know what the next film after the, this one, after The Handmaiden is, unless you've seen it already, is that Javier Bardem film Mother with uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence as well. What? Javier Bardem I'm not telling you anything about it but the rule is you're not allowed to look it up and see what it's about before you watch it I saw it I don't like the director I'd hate Jennifer Lawrence and I loved that film it's fucking crazy trust me
0: did you like Hunger Games?
1: I've never watched them
0: I watched the first one really liked it and on, was watching it the other night and I thought this is not as good as I remember it and she's terrible
1: she's terrible she is really bad this movie, she doesn't have to do anything. Like it's like what you're talking about with not much dialogue. Darren Aronofsky is the director, who I don't particularly like. But this mother film, I'm just like, I can't. Bl- I don't even know if I like it, but it's worth seeing. It's like, oh wow, that's crazy. It's one of those films I've never seen a film like it before.
0: Did you say Orolovsky?
1: Aronofsky. Oh, Darren.
0: I, thought Aronofsky. I was like Aronofsky when he's not Andrei fighting Aronofsky Aronofsky in the UFC. Is, um, he's between films. <laughs>
1: UFC films. He's made <laughs> UFC fights. He's making films. How funny!
0: How funny! I reckon, I reckon you could put Oscar Isaac in the UFC, make him fight like Tyrone Woodley, and he would win because he's that good. Yeah,
1: the only person he couldn't beat is Tyrone Woodley. As as Tyrone Woodley, that's the only like. If he was if he was being Tyrone Woodley, he could beat everyone, and no one would be able to tell the difference. I think it's like a an AI. He's got like. <laughs> Oh, it's crazy. Did, Did you know in the new Star Wars films he actually plays Star Wars?
0: He is Star Wars.
1: He he is Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. He plays this, he plays he plays the Death Star <laughs> with, with no makeup <laughs> and no special effects. They just put a camera on him and everyone's like, "Wow, this is crazy." Those 3D graphics, they look so real.
0: Oh god. The special effects
1: budget was like $45 because it took him 1 day.
0: The Death Star, man. What is it with the Death Star? Everything is about the Death Star. I'll tell you what it is. It's freaking annoying. It's like this entire universe and that's all they they can... Well, I'll tell you what the real... It's it's lazy. The (laughs) fact
1: is there are only three Star Wars films. Everything else is just just copying garbage. None of it's original. None of it's new. It's all just cliched, contradictory, ridiculous trash made by companies wanting to make money and trying to make the other Mm. originals not seem like terrorist films, which they are. The original 3 Star Wars films are about a bunch of rebel terrorists who blow up the army's biggest base and win. Hmm. Who wants that's the most popular film of all time is a terrorist film. Of course it is. But that's why they don't that's why that you couldn't they didn't make a sequel for 20 years. And it didn't get smaller. It never went away. It got more and more popular.
0: So of the three originals, mm-hmm. so it's Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi,
1: and then an Ewok adventure, but we don't really count that.
0: It's in Return of the Jedi where.
1: Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Star Wars. Turn off now.
0: Oh God! If you haven't seen S- Star Wars and turn, a lot of, just turn off right now.
1: A lot of people haven't. I'd say about twenty or thirty thousand of our listeners haven't seen Star Wars.
0: You know when he crashes into snow, and then he that's has the to second slip. one. Is it?
1: Yeah. Strikes back. Empire. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I
0: thought it was Return of the Jedi.
1: No, no, the snow's the beginning of the second one. Really? Yeah. Okay. What were you going to say?
0: What, what, what's the name of the um the, the creature? It's got a funny name.
1: The snow creature? Yeah. I yeah. don't know.
0: The, he cuts it open and he sleeps in it.
1: Oh, the, that Han uses to cut open to keep a tauntaun. A tauntaun? Yeah. yeah.
0: Skywalker cuts it open. No,
1: Skywalker's passed out. Han Solo uses Skywalker's lightsaber. To cut it open, and he's like, "I thought they smelled bad on the
0: outside. it may
1: p- smell bad, kid, but it's going to keep you warm." Yeah,
0: and then he puts him in there. Okay, puts him inside it. You can ton- a tonton isn't? Yeah. Okay, you can get a tonton sleeping bag. That's great. <laughs> on ThinkGeek.com, I was I have I work with this um this yeah, lady yeah. who's a Star Wars freak, and I showed her that and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to order it." So she ordered. <laughs>
1: it. That's great. That's great. Do you know um, do you know what they used for the sound effects for those things? No, idea. Malamutes talking but they just sped their voices up a little bit.
0: It was actually Oscar Isaac.
1: Oscar Isaac playing one of playing he was ma- playing 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 George Lucas. His, Oscar Isaac was one of George Lucas's Malamutes for 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> he just used to go into the dog pen and just hang out. Everyone's like, he's like, ooh, and pulling sleds and doing all that stuff. And he did such a good job of it. That's how good an actor he is.
0: I wonder what his next movie is going to be. What else is it doing? Look it up.
1: His next movie he's actually playing the camera so he's going to be filming the film without any
0: uh, Oscar Isaac as Carl Zeiss as
1: Oscar <laughs> Isaac is Carl Zeiss <laughs> Oscar oh. Isaac what a, what a what an actor What's he doing? Uh he's listed for a TV series called Star Wars Resistance where he plays a voice. Oh, God. But that's a, I think that's a cartoon where he's just going to recap that character. Uh, he's listed as in development for a film called A Foreigner and the Garbo Network. I don't know what they are. At Eternity's Gate, which is directed by... Oh, my God. I had no idea this even, this even existed. 2018, there's a new film coming out directed by my favourite... Julian Schnabel, starring Mads Mikkelsen, Oscar Isaac, Rupert Friend, William Defoe, Niels oh. Arstrop, Patrick Chisnels, Victor... I don't know the last few names. I didn't even know this. Oh my God. It's a look at Vincent van Gogh's time in Arles, And Mads Mikkelsen is playing Vincent van Gogh and Oscar Isaac's the second lead. It's going to be good. Whenever that shows up in an art house theatre, we are going along to it as soon as we can. Oscar Isaac's going to be playing one of Vincent Van Gogh's paintings.
0: <laughs> he's going to be playing all the paintings.
1: I didn't even know this film... I looked Julian Snable up a month ago. There was nothing about this listed. He's filmed this in secret. That's cool. It's completed, not yet screened.
0: What's his name? Mickelson. The What is his Swedish?
1: Mads Mickelson is...
0: Is... Is... That guy's a top actor.
1: He's pretty good. Uh... Danish Danish, Copenhagen oh he looks and he looks so Danish could you look more Danish than Mads Mikkelsen could you have a more Danish name than Mads Mikkelsen born in Copenhagen fucking Julian Schnabel doing a Vincent can
0: can you tell the difference between a a Danish and a Swedish I mean they're all they're all Vikings no
1: they all just look Scandinavian Mm. but they all look so Scandinavian they do you know what's funny Julian Schnabel's only ever done biopic films he's done three he's done no he's done four before this he did the Basquiat one which is great that he's doing a Van Gogh one now so Basquiat he did Before Night Falls which is about the Cuban writer he did Diving Bell and the Butterfly about the French fashion guy who was had that locked in syndrome have you seen that it's so good and then he did one about the West Bank um, Palestine and all that he was West Bank seeing a woman West Bank Thank you Austin. He was doing a he was in a relationship with this woman who was an, a, a journalist from Palestine and he made her autobiography as a film. Okay. I think it's quite good. It's called Myral, M I R A L. It's quite hard to watch.
0: Well, some of the names that I recognize in that like Willem Dafoe and stuff. I mean that, that's a that's a killer cast man. That's oh, going to be awesome. Well,
1: Willem Dafoe's in Basket. Yeah. A lot of these guys are in a lot of his films. Like, you know, the captain who... I know you don't like the fourth um, Alien film, but you know the guy from The Crow who plays the captain. He's in... I think he has a role in... He's been in almost every single... That guy's a good actor. He's amazing. I reckon he's an awesome actor. He's one of the leads in Basquiat, but he, he plays a gay, do, a gay um, author, a gay journalist in Basquiat, but he's in...
0: The first time I saw that guy, he's the villain in uh, The Crow.
1: Yeah. He's so good in that. He's amazing. It's I can't he's even badass. remember his name. Uh, he's also listed... As being in, he's in four films this year. Who Oscar? Oscar Isaac.
0: Hi, hi, uh, Fifteen years after World War Two, he's who in high demand,
1: of course, because he gets to, he can do anything.
0: Have you seen um, Edwin Lewis?
1: No. What's that?
0: Oh, it's, he plays like this American folk singer, like a struggling folk singer. Yeah. Set in the nineteen, I don't know, sixties or seventies or something like that. Whenever it was that folk music was sort of well,
1: he's a singer. He plays guitar and sings. There you go, Oscar Isaac. He's released albums as a singer. Okay, mind blowing.
0: Very talented guy.
1: Oh my god, how much does this guy look like that UFC fighter who almost beat John Jones?
0: That's Charlie Gun- uh, Hunnam. Yeah, from he looks like what's his name? Sons of Anarchy. The two hundred five, the Swedish guy, Sven. No, is it Sven. I
1: can't remember his name now.
0: Gustafsson. Gustafsson. Sven, he Gustafsson. looks just like Same him. Thing, man. He looks
1: just like him. I thought that was him. So that's another Oscar Isaac film. And then Star Wars episode nine, he's going to be in. And then he's playing Gomez in The Addams Family.
0: <laughs> that will be awesome. He looks just... He'll be perfect.
1: That's amazing. He'll be perfect. Who else in is that. in it? Who else is in it?
0: In I The like Addams this. Family.
1: Oh, and the new one. He's doing a new one. Who I'm else li- is in it? I'm is not it? joking. He's the only cast member so far. <laughs>
0: oh, that'll be gold. Oh, yeah, he, he'll be oh he'll be oh, 100% perfect choice.
1: That's amazing. That's so funny. I hope they don't fuck it up by casting a bunch of Gronks as the rest of the cast. <sighs> some
0: Classic. good movies.
1: Yeah, there's some good stuff coming out.
0: I've been, um, so in the last, what, month, I've been to the movies twice. What have you seen? Avengers. Yep. Now, I'm pretty critical of, with the exception of X-Men, of um, hero movies. Yes. I think most of them suck. Because they, they always manage to screw up. Of course.
1: It's very hard to cast a famous person as a superhero without fucking it up.
0: This one, with the exception of Deadpool, sorry. Um, Deadpool, I think, like the first one, is just perfect. X-Men, lots of issues, but I still like them because I like the X-Men. Yep. Um, but this Avengers movie, man, that just blew me away. It's full on, man. Full on. So... And um, uh, Josh Brolin, is a, he does the voice for the, the main villain. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. yeah.
1: That's, Josh Brolin's all over that stuff now. Apparently, I heard uh, someone else saying that they'd interviewed him. I can't remember what on. And he had turned down roles like that for years. He's been offered these kind of big budget roles for a long time and he always turned them down and it's only when these scripts got a bit better that he decided he was going to do it. So, he's been reading these scripts for years and apparently they're finally getting good enough. I was just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It is good. So, uh, we've got a film to watch. We've got our training programs. Diet, what are you looking to eat over the next week?
0: So, right now my diet's good. I'm not getting hungry and I'm not overeating. I don't feel like I'm overeating in my weight. Is coming back down again to sort of where I want it to be because I, f- I feel good when I'm when I'm really light. Yep. So around the sort of seventy-one, if I can hit seventy, I'll, I'll be stoked. But do right it. now, I'm sitting about seventy-four.
1: Blows my mind. Imagine if I weighed seventy. Oh, it's, it's good, man. It's but good. imagine how I would look.
0: Just feel really light. If
1: I was twenty, twenty, twenty-three kilos <laughs> <laughs> a, a bit, a bit too. I would look ridiculous. You, you <laughs> I wouldn't. couldn't do it. I don't know what I'd do.
0: It's, so it's funny. Yeah. My eight hour eating window that starts at twelve PM. Oh, you're doing so, have, the have my smoothie. Fasting. Yep. And then um, So you're
1: waking at what time though?
0: Uh four thirty. Four
1: thirty? And you're not eating anything but water until midday or you're having a coffee?
0: A coffee, a fat coffee.
1: Fatty coffee.
0: So I have a fat coffee, um some matcha tea and and then I have like my meal, my first meal which is at twelve o'clock. Yep. Smoothie, coconut milk, blueberries or blackberries. I alternate between the two. Hemp seeds, hemp protein. I'm gonna try some hemp flour, cacao. What else? Oh, um, multivitamin. Some turmeric. Yep. Um, I uh, need to get the, some turmeric for my The smoothies. green food. So lots yep. of antioxidants and stuff in yep. there. Um, and an avocado. avocado is I think what really does it It makes it a nice complete drink that you know just sort of kills all hunger sometimes I forget to put it in there and I'm like (gasps) oh if you don't it's half half the product avocado
1: (coughs) avocados cost a fortune but if you don't buy them you have to spend more money on something else true true yeah because it's so nutritious on the way home tonight I'm picking up Ten avocados to get me through till next payday.
0: Stop at the the Woolies here in Queanbeyan. The two dollars. Oh yeah, they're, they're, oh, yeah, they're right the same now. at
1: QPACs too. Two dollars and they're big. Yeah, yeah. same Woolies. Huss, yeah. Huss I should buy them from the markets. I was at the markets on Friday night and I bought three avocados, but they're all gone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> delicious. Because so I ate them. I wanted. Now the
1: market's going to be closed. I wish they were open better, better times.
0: Um, and then if I get hungry, yep, I'll have a can of sardines.
1: A cone of sardines, can of oh. sardines. <laughs> okay,
0: so they're um, I buy I bought them from Optimos in
1: olive oil or water,
0: olive oil. Yep, and y- you know they it, is like an Australian company, and they sort of just sell, you know, organic, sure. low proce- low processed foods and good stuff. So that's yep. where I get most of my like my fat, my bulletproof stuff, and Chimera Coffee is good. Yep. Um, so I've been trialing out their good fish, salmon, which actually. Ca- comes from spain but not salmon sorry uh, sardines so yeah very fatty good stuff and and then i'm good so like i've been doing that maybe four digits so just i got something in my gut um and then in the evening just just dinner man just salad lots of veggies lots of greens broccoli um and, and a protein whether it's fish chicken or some some beef cool and that's it and then i'm good so i'm not eating that much yep right now and i feel good
1: Cool. Well, I'll ask you how and that's you? going next time. I am. I get up in the morning. I have between four and six eggs, a whole avocado, a smoothie with cacao, collagen, beef collagen powder, uh, frozen peas. I've started to put in frozen blueberries, uh, spinach or kale, a bit of water, a handful of walnuts, almonds. What time do you get up? Anywhere between. Um, this week, I'm going to get up at six fifteen.
0: What time are you going to bed? I'm
1: hoping to go to bed by ten thirty. At the latest.
0: Dude. I'm hoping.
1: Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. I'm trying to get my sleep right. But this is talking about diet right now. I'm talking about sleep in a second. So I have that smoothie. I have that eggs and avocado. And then I'm not going to eat all day. I'll get home. I'll do my exercise. Walk the dogs. And then I will eat my dinner. Which will be probably sweet potato, kangaroo meat, uh... Broccoli and eggs again. So I'm doing intermittent fasting, but my fasting period is through the whole day because I don't eat till about nine at nine or 10 at night.
0: That's pretty crazy.
1: So my, my meals are at like 10 and six. And you feel okay? Amazing. I've never feel better than when I do this. Okay, it's good. I think it, for me, it makes sense in terms of you, if you were a hunter in back in the day, you would hunt, you'd catch your food, you'd eat it, you'd go to sleep. So you do your exercise, you cook your food, you eat it, go to sleep. There'd be some leftover in the morning, you'd eat that and then you'd go all day looking for food, find it, kill it, eat it, sleep, wake up, eat the leftovers, go all day again. I never feel better than when I do this. When I don't do this, I feel heavy, I feel bad. Like when I played my basketball game last Tuesday, I had breakfast at 7 in the morning, I had the game at 9.30 that night, I didn't eat until, oh 9pm that night, I didn't eat until I got home at 11. And I felt amazing. I didn't have one, didn't drop one step as far as running goes. I felt fit. I felt strong. I didn't get tired. I didn't get hungry.
0: Yeah.
1: It's crazy. But that's only doable focusing on protein and fats. I can't do that if I'm eating breads and pastas. and
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: That, like now that I'm back that off. you just crave other shit. Now that it. I've had this gastroscopy and I don't have to eat gluten anymore for the test, I'm not touching the stuff as far as my regular diet goes, and I feel so much better already.
0: Yeah. That's weird that they would... um. Well,
1: you have to have it to see if it triggers a reaction. If you're not eating it, your body can't react to it. No,
0: but it's weird. It's kind of like, you know, he'd smoke some tig- cigarettes just to see if there's a reaction.
1: Well, they need they do a biopsy, and they check it, to see whether it, your flesh is reacting to it. Here's
0: a knife. Just stab yourself and see if uh, see if what sort of damage it well, does.
1: Well, the fact is it came back. I'm not celiac in any way, even though my blood test showed that I have the genes... That are present in all celiacs see i've
0: read that everyone's celiac just it just depends on
1: no but technically celiac is quite an extreme thing they're technical ones gluten intolerance is a different thing based on the types of flour and the way you eat it and stuff like that but full hardcore real celiac is an actual physical condition they can test yes or no with this biopsy mm. but gluten intolerance i think is the thing where everyone's got levels of that as they age you know and your I mean? your gluten intolerant? No, no. Well, the do- I've got an appointment in three weeks with the specialist to talk about what he found in my biopsy, yeah. but I'm not celiac, even though my blood test showed that I had a high possibility of being. So
0: just make sure he's you know not secretly getting funded by the weed industry or anything like
1: that. Well, I don't think there's any risk of that at all. But we'll see. the The good thing is I um. I can now pretty much say, right, I'm not drinking milk anymore for a bit. Not having And then I'm going to try some milk again. If I have any of those stomach problems that I was having that made the doctor think it might have been wheat, then I'll know that it's the dairy.
0: Wow, okay.
1: So it's just about elimination. That's one thing eliminated.
0: You've been consuming dairy all your life, like a lot. I've
1: cut out almost all dairy in the last two or three years.
0: I remember when we were kids and you would... I can drink milk like it was water I
1: used to drink two litres a day it's, it's insane you don't Brilliant. get legs like this without drinking two litres of milk a day I had cows when, I, when
0: when you did that I thought that's, it's just it's over the top man overdoing it
1: yeah maybe maybe that's my problem two litres of milk what's minute. wrong with me so sleep yes I'm trying to get eight hours a day eight hours a night
0: try some magnesium tablets
1: well I don't have any problem getting to sleep I have problem getting to bed once I'm in bed I'm out I sleep perfectly
0: so what's the issue
1: getting organised so I can get to bed once I'm in bed I'm asleep instantly I never have a trouble falling asleep staying asleep waking up in the middle of the night no problems I've never had an issue actually sleeping it's just getting into bed <laughs> and closing my eyes
0: then, then go to bed and close your eyes
1: it's a discipline thing obviously mm. yeah do it. <laughs>
0: do it do it do it do it alright cool
1: Cool, shout out to Rafael Flores and our Alvaro Alf.
0: Wherever you guys may be right now,
1: hopefully you're enjoying yourselves.
0: I have for our listeners, for those who uh, who check in, yep, a uh, a gift. What is it this week? A fully licensed copy of Destiny Two, on the PlayStation Four. So um yeah, hit me up you can send an email at uh, beastmonkey at com.
1: okay send yeah. that through the first first listener to send in that can get that free destiny 2 for the ps4 for the ps4 excellent yep. sounds good our first prize draw first, first one. prize first competition beast monkey
0: so th- this episode of uh beast monkey was, was 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 actually sponsored by my my broken ps4 <laughs> how
1: did it break joe oh
0: you know these things these things happen it, lo- <laughs> it,
1: it lost a fight <laughs> I submitted it yeah 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 okay.
0: I'll BJJ I put it down on the ground I did side control move uh, <laughs> and uh, and submitted the hard drive
1: it failed to utilize its hips and it lost it lost its its gravity
0: yeah cool man alright
1: okay. alright cool
0: gracias see you later
1: bye, bye.
0: podcast.